0: Satan's Greatest Gifts to the Church Love of Money and Sexual Immorality by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor Money and sex are the root of most of the problems in both the world and the church. People may wonder how a church website can talk about such things but it is being addressed because much of the church walks in these areas. We expect it in the world but in the church These problems even arose in the early church, however, and they have escalated to greater proportions as God's people have been assimilated or absorbed more and more into the world. Paul wrote to both Timothy and Titus somewhere around AD 63-64 to remind leadership not to be greedy for money. If money is a big thing in the life of a ministry, it becomes perverted. People do not want to correct or do anything that would drive off those who bring large tithes, who sponsor church programs, and give big donations. The important thing is that they show up for service. What they do when they leave is left up to them entirely. Sad, because a large part of the church has become a part of Babylon due to its mentality and will be destroyed shortly because of these things. We that know better must warn. Did you realize that the blood of the unwarned will be on the leadership that withholds warnings as well as the offenders themselves? God explains His feelings on the matter in Ezekiel 33, 8 and 9. And it says, When I, God, say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked from his way. That wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn away, and he does not turn, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. In the denominational church, much of the leadership is chosen by laity, and if they make too many waves, they then lose their jobs, their salaries, and their pensions it takes courage to speak out especially to an individual that may be responsible for your livelihood nevertheless we must speak as for those walking in sexual immorality please read first corinthians 6 9 do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor homosexuals nor sodomites so if we do these things there is no sense in going to church unless we plan to change our lifestyles the unrighteous will not make the kingdom of God God says so and there is no way to change the word of God or to make him change his mind 1st Corinthians six fifteen shows us another reason to abstain from immorality. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Here is Paul's advice to the church. 1 Corinthians 5 9 through 10 says I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Yet I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world, or the covetous or extortioners or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. Unfortunately there are people doing these things in the church today, yet they're not being rebuked. For instance, the church marries homosexual couples, in fact. You will even find the homosexual behind the pulpit as youth pastors. I'll share something with you from my experience in ministering deliverance over the years. When a person is very sexually promiscuous, many times they have also experienced homosexuality, bestiality, masochism, etc. It's all one spirit perversion. When Satan gets his clutches on people, particularly in this area, the fruit is ugly, filthy. And the Bible warns, a little leaven spoils the whole lump. So don't cover these things over. Expose them. Here is Apostle Paul's advice in 1 Corinthians 5.11. And it says, But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or an extortioner not to even eat with such a person. We're instructed not to socialize with these at all if they are ones that know the truth, have had counsel, time to repent and mature, yet they refuse to change. Shepherds of God's flock that have oversight of people fitting this description are obligated to teach them the truth concerning these areas. Men teaching men, women teaching women. One-on-one counseling should be practiced and deliverance ministered. A passive attitude towards exposing sin is an insult to the Spirit of grace. Expose it, and let's deal with it. Ephesians 5.11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The incorrigible must be noted or marked so the rest of God's people know to avoid them. Otherwise they may be tempted to follow what seems to be the more gregarious and fun-loving sinner than someone who is making a self-disciplined walk. These marked ones are still able to attend church services if they wish, where all is supervised, in the hope that they mature, repent and change. Philippians 3.17 says, Brethren, join in the following my example and note or mark those who walk in immorality as you have for us a pattern. However, when all else fails, a more extreme measure of counsel is given in 1 Corinthians five: 5. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Those that refuse to change must be removed from the congregation and the covering, or God's prop- protective power is pulled back as well. An example of this excommunication can be found in 1 Timothy 19 and 20, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck, of whom Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan. That they may learn not to blaspheme if people continue to bear evil fruit that will keep them from entering the kingdom and knowing the corruptive power or anointing that is on sin we must be obedient to first Corinthians 5 12 and 13 for what have I to do with judging those that are outside do you not judge those who are inside but those who are outside God judges therefore Put away from yourselves the evil person. So you see, these are very sensitive and serious topics. Those that make money on their idols, or are sexually immoral, do not make it into the city of New Jerusalem, or into the Kingdom of God. Revelations 22, 14 and 15 says, Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city, but outside are dogs, sorcerers, and sexually immoral, and murderers, and idolaters, and whoever loves and practices a lie. Church families that contentedly house these ones fall into the category of being a part of Babylon. Revelations 18.2 says, And he cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon the Great is fallen, is fallen, and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. In closing, I speak to those that shepherd the flock of God. Don't let ones that have wealth control your life and endanger the lives of God's sheep. The love of money becomes apparent as sin is overlooked so the cash flow will not be hindered. Money is such a sought-after commodity in Babylon. And to the flock, remember Babylon in Revelation seventeen five is called a harlot and a mother of harlots, and of all the abominations of the earth. So if you see money schemes or sexual immorality in your place of worship, run, depart, Leave, as voiced in Revelation 18.4. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and you receive her plagues.